0: well there, you have it. You could get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play
1: for free right
2: now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Got
0: it. Thanks. I didn't want you to get oh, interrupted. Live. A U N. American Underground Network.
3: The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible. So the human God, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar? The public or the God-prophet?
4: All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square
5: or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not
6: embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs.
3: My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all, but unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome.
1: It's the American Underground Network Collective Consciousness Show with Jim Condit Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Fred Smart in Evanston, Illinois, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina, now, live from Portland, Oregon, your host, Dee, Dee Farrell.
0: Hey, Steve. Hey, everyone. Thank you. I'm going to be on just for a short time tonight, so you all have lots of talking to do, I'm sure. Um, but Fred's with his family uh, doing some end-of-school season banquets and such, and family first for Fred, which is honorable. And so he's um, not going to be here, but Bob Schultz is going to be here for sure next week honestly. <laughs> so so Betty and Dixie were talking about something, and um, I just wanted to make one comment about earthquake predictions here. We've been having this, what they call a, a slippery slope or a sliding slope in the kratom, and for several weeks there's been, oh, just tons, hundreds of thousands of earthquakes and swarms on the 650 miles from Vancouver Island down, and In the past, like in Vancouver, over in 2012, we had the same thing, the sliding slippery slope thing with the kratom. And when it gets to the point where it's completely stopped, that's when there was a 7.7 earthquake up there. And now we're in that same situation here right off the coast of Oregon, hoping it'll happen there. But um, there's a high alert earthquake warning. I don't think it's in the public, but I listen to the uh, Dutch Sense, who's one of the best... uh, people to look at for earthquakes all over the world and he's never wrong and it's really fascinating science material the USGS isn't very fond of him because the good old boy network says you can't predict this activity but he can see it all on these really elaborate screens and have a lot of faith in him he's really hardly ever been wrong but you know he so we're here, you know, with this <laughs> pending energy <laughs> and uh, you know, all these big reports they give about Portland and the military comes in and does these conferences because we're long overdue for a nine point here. There's two major faults that run right through our city and they say anything west of I five is gonna be wiped out. So it's just kinda of weird to be kind of one of the only people around myself who knows that this is a possibility and hopefully it won't happen. Um, but we're watching that sliding thing and hoping it'll start again in a day or two. And if it doesn't, then um, it looks like there will be, because there's always a big quake after that happens. So that's my good news for the day.
4: Isn't that cheerful? <laughs> <terrible? laughs>
0: but uh, Betty and Dixie were talking about um, a video she had sent. So I would like you guys to be able to continue that conversation and exchange information. Okay then. What the title was, so I could look it up.
7: Bill Cooper exposes to the JFK assassination, aliens, and the Illuminati oh. conspiracy. Okay. <laughs> Can you remember all that,
0: Betty? It's all written down. <laughs> oh, great!
4: Yeah, you're fast writing.
0: And yeah, I. Uh, I abbreviate and then can't read it after. <laughs>
7: Well, I, Dee, Dee um I lived up in Alaska, and we had a huge earthquake up there when I was there. So I was concerned for you. Um, uh, the, the is it, do they think it's a pole shift or the plates are
0: shifting? Yeah, the plates uh, are shifting. There, you know, the site to go and look at this stuff is Dutch Sense, but it's S-I-N-S-E. And he's the best forecaster out there. It's really fascinating science. And he has live a live broadcast that's on, and then he does a regular nightly report. I think it's at 9 o'clock Central. And um, I, I watch it every few days, but right now I'm checking in with him every night just to keep track of it. So, yeah.
6: V D have you ever checked out the site? Uh, I think it's called it, it com. What is it? Uh, syzygy. G. S Y Z Y G Y. S Y G Y Z Y. S Y Z Y G Y. Syzygy. Uh, uh, S-Y-Z-Y-G-Y.
0: syzygy. Oh, S-Y. uh, it,
6: it's it's a it's a it's a combination of apogee and perigee. Uh, those two it again. together.
0: S Y Z Y Z Y. Is that
6: what you said? S Y Z Y G Y.
0: Oh, GYs at the end. Okay, I'll check that out. Thanks, Steve.
6: I think he's been—he's uh, had a reputation of having some accuracy of his earthquake predictions, and he—he he works just the cycles of the uh, apogee and perigee of the moon and sun in relation Earth. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, I'll have to look at that. It sounds interesting. Yeah, I, I like the Dutch sense quite a bit. I like to look at that. But hmm. yeah, I'll check that out, uh, Steve. How's things in West Virginia? Uh,
6: very, uh, beginning of April-ish.
0: <laughs> beginning of April? is the end of May.
6: <laughs> I know. We're about two months, uh, I'll things or something like that or earlier. I don't know. The weather's screwed up here. Uh, but it's not, it's not spring. Uh, we usually have a, a two-week long springtime and then a summer. I don't care what, you know, how many, year. It, you know, by by May, we're, it's stinking hot and humid here. Oh, <laughs> so I see. it's not it's not we're we're getting you know first of uh, first of April. It's been raining forever. It's still raining, uh, you know, and it's cold.
4: Oh, I see. Yeah.
6: Okay. i I was wondering if Fred's got snow up there.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Steve talked to him recently. <laughs> <clears throat> Nah,
1: I, I hadn't really heard what the weather is, but, yeah, uh if you're real warm now, Steve, that is unusual because usually, you know, I used to ride through Charleston all the time, and this time of year would be basically cool and mm-hmm. uh, not hot. And actually, Dee, Dee you had – did you say it was up in the 90s today? It, well, no, it was uh, – uh,
0: Monday it was 98 – it was ninety one to ninety eight, and it was ninety eight when I was on the freeway with my granddaughter, taking her to the vet, and then the next day it dropped thirty degrees.
4: <laughs>
0: it was horrible, and now it's seventy something. It was been in the low, low about seventy today, but we still had to wear jackets. It's kind of a combination of warm and cold at the same time. It's really weird.
6: <laughs> I'm wondering what you all think about the. Uh, um the Nebru thing with regard to the uh, volcanic and earthquake activity.
7: Yeah, I've been following mm. that too. Mm. W-
0: what did you What did you say about the
6: Nebru? The... Nebru, and Nemesis Oh, Nibiru, the, uh...
0: Planet X. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I look. I keep a close eye on that, but I don't know quite how to interpret it. I mean. <laughs> it's no, I mean, I, I know that there's films from all over the world watching it. Um, that awareness guy that I brought in, the Chandler, he said, well, you know, whatever you really want to manifest or see creating in the collective consciousness, put your energy into it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if NASA and all those people are really, if this is just a spin to get people distracted and fearful or if it's really real. So I don't really know. And yeah. I know one thing, I don't really think the earth is flat. But <laughs> well, the funny is, there's so much good evidence for
6: it being flat, but it, it it screws with all this other astrophysics. I mean, you know, completely. Well,
0: yeah. Right, I know. So that's the same thing. That's kind of the times we're living in. I mean, it's this way and it's that way, and it's a little of this and a little of that, and nobody really knows how it's going to shake down. We're expecting these big quakes, but will they come from the Earth shifting or or? Well, Uberoo? <laughs> <No.
6: laughs> well, I remember back in... Uh, Back in the sixties I didn't want to be in California because that's when Casey said the uh California was gonna take the big dive. I mean it was back in the late sixties. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. I, I had a business trip, I had to fly out there.
0: Yeah, uh, I I left LA in nineteen sixties, so but I was in a six point nine in Palm Springs several years ago with 1400 aftershocks and i stayed nauseous for about a month and a half after that quake Mm. and i i could i felt terrible the day before it happened the day of i was just sick i i thought what's wrong with me and and then Mm. all of a sudden boom you know but i was out in the desert in a one story home with a friend and and then somebody came and picked me up after that because i couldn't seem to get myself together and i went into los angeles and arrived just in time for the the riots there that mm. happened that same uh, few days later after the earthquake the rodney uh King riots happened, and we mm. had to stay quarantined uh, for almost a week and I finally got to fly out and come home. <laughs> it was a weird vacation. I can tell you that,
6: yeah, I was in California about fifteen years the only the only quake I experienced was one time I side I was gonna drop some acid and just sit down on the breakwater wall, and then there was an earthquake.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Damn! <laughs> Everybody's
6: running, holding each like there's gonna be a,
2: a tidal wave, and I, I'm just saying, oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> I remember
1: back in the in the seventies when that movie came out, Earthquake. They were pioneering a uh, the sounds of the
4: movie theaters,
1: that was really kind of unique to see that for the first time, you know, in a theater. That film, Earthquake, came out because that's pretty intense, the noise and the shaking and everything else. That a theater, you know, kind of gave everybody a, a realization of what that was. And, and to see it in a theater and experience that probably is close to the real thing you could get because you wouldn't see it watching it on a TV, you know, in a, But uh, that was kind of neat. That was back in the mid-70s, I think it was, wasn't it, Steve? Hmm.
7: Can I switch topics real quick? Sure. Sure. Go ahead. So I I, I mentioned to uh, Steve yesterday about going to Wendy's in western North Carolina, and there were Secret Service police, men in black with guns, inside and outside of the Wendy's <laughs> and it was a little bit, bit disconcerting <laughs> uh, to say the least so uh, I don't know if it had to do with the fact that they're, they have just impeached the, the tribal chief in the Cherokee Nation and that impeachment went through today he came into He was elected as chief to get rid of the corruption in the tribe, and he even brought in the FBI to do an investigation, and he ended up getting impeached. So uh, we mentioned to a few folks in there the day before, did they think that this had anything? It was sort of like what's happening with Trump. They're making up a lot of stuff about Trump. To get try to get him impeached, and I figure it's the same people that Clinton Foundation folks. I, you know, I just my best guess that are doing all this stuff. That's all did I want. admit. Did they have any uranium under the land, like
6: out out west, where the Clintons were trying to get that land, or did get that land?
7: Did what? Yeah. And
6: the, remember where that thing was uh, a year or so ago, where? Um, uh, they're driving these these cattle farmers off the land because the Clintons wanted to sell it for the uranium underneath it.
7: That's right. They want the mineral rights. Correct.
6: Yeah. yeah. Well, they sold the uh, the uranium rights
2: to to Russia. I think. I wonder if there's anything under under any Cherokee
6: land that's still around. <laughs> I know, but North Carolina's got lots of gold, right? Really? Yeah,
1: actually, that's very true. The first gold rush in the United States was uh, right around where I am in Charlotte. Actually, it's Cabarrus County near Concord. The Reed Gold Mine was the first gold rush in the United States. That was back in the uh, early 1800s, long before California had a gold rush. The first gold rush was right here in Charlotte. The first branch of the United States Mint was uh, commissioned by President Andrew Jackson and uh, um, was built in Charlotte, the first branch of the Philadelphia U.S. Mint. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the first gold rush was here. That's why a lot of gold uh in and there still is in, in this area. And uh, there's uh, an Australian company that's supposed to be a very expensive process, but Mining gold. I think it's down near Camden or somewhere. i remember reading about that. Uh, it's an Australian company that's using some new ways and means to extract it. And uh, there's there were gold mine shafts right here in Charlotte when they uh, when they uh, built the stadium when they the NFL franchise expanded and included Charlotte for the Panthers and. Where they built the stadium, they had to actually fill all that in. But uh, one of the reporters for the Observer was lowered down in a, a cable and some of the shafts they had where they were mining gold and all that. Here, so that was the scariest thing he's ever. They filled all that in. Yeah, you know, there's all kind of gold mines and gold areas all over North Carolina.
6: Any good counting there?
1: Yeah, they. The the Reed Gold Mine, and you can Google that, it's R-E-E-D Reed Gold Mine in Cabarrus County, which is very close to where the Charlotte Motor Speedway is, the NASCAR Speedway. And uh, there's recently, you know, you can go up there, pay a small fee, and go panic, because there is a stream that comes through there. And a lot of people still found pretty sizable chunks of gold. So and that gets in the paper. Yeah, it happens. It happens. But what, what I would
4: think is
1: if you had a a super strong um uh, it
4: would
1: be more like one that you face like a wand over the ground. If you had something really intense that could pick up things, I would think the, the, a lot of the creeks and streams that come through this area would be, you know, it's Unknown. There's probably a lot of of uh, debris and nuggets that are uh, you know just there, not even seen. One of the biggest nuggets there was that was ever found. And that's what started the gold Roots Anyway, was one this guy found and which is using as a doorstop back in the uh, early 1800s. That's what it was, and I think he ended up selling it for 10 bucks, and the thing was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars because of the the weight, the purity, and the, he didn't know what he had.
5: Good doorstop. Yeah, that's right. Heavy doorstop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
1: it's But yeah, there's a lot of a lot of history to that, and the minerals. You know, there's, there's different things, different parts of the country. They got, you know, uh, diamonds and and uh, sapphires and you know, things like that. Probably one of the richest mineral uh, areas in the world, though, as far as gold goes. Would would number one is China. But number two is Western Australia, uh, Perth. That's where they have the Calgary. It's called the open pit, and it's a huge open pit. Um, and that's where the Perth Mint gets all this gold from. And actually, the Perth Mint supply United States Mint with all their blanks. And see, that was kind of strange. Ray and I talked about that before, but if you go back in history and look at the law that was signed into... Um, legal law, and then it was put in the Constitution, well, not in the Constitution, but it was, it was passed by Congress and put in the law, it was uh, when Ronald Reagan did the Gold Act, which I think was 1986, which it made it legal to own gold again, he said that the United States could only mint gold if the gold was uh, mined here in this country. And that's not the case today. All the gold that is made into coins that the U.S. Mint sells and processes bullion is actually bought from Perth Mint in Perth, Western Australia. And what they do is they make the bullion one ounce, then they send blanks over here in a big supply. The United States buys that at spot, whatever the spot rate of gold is. I think it's around $1,250 an ounce. And then the U.S. Mint strikes those and either in proof quality or in just a regular uh, strike, business strike they call it, and then they turn around and sell it uh, for a markup of whatever the mining process is. But see, that's very strange because that law mm-hmm. supposedly still stands. So it's kind of weird. That's kind of a, a violation of what uh, was put into law
5: by Congress. Business hmm. as usual.
4: Yeah, actually, uh, <clears throat> um, you
1: can actually go to on YouTube. and Go to Perth Mint, P E R T H M I N T. They got a video mm-hmm. that tells that. He mm. says that, that they supply most of the world's market with silver and gold blanks. I didn't know that before. I saw that and went holy shit. So very interesting, mm. very interesting indeed. But we still have a lot of minerals here. You know, we're you know technically one of the biggest oil suppliers there is. We've got massive amounts of crude oil. But we're not uh as full impoverished impoverished as was portrayed back in the seventies and eighties and nineties. You know, we're actually
4: pretty big producer
2: and, and uh, retriever of uh, oil in this, this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's
6: I'm not defending
1: that the oil is abiotic anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, it seems to all be changing too, because you know, hell, you look out on the road at any given time, and I, I don't think you can go a couple miles without seeing four or five or six Prius uh, hybrids. <laughs> I mean, they're everywhere, hmm. and uh, there's yeah. a lot of hybrids that are running fifty percent. Electricity and and fifty percent uh, gas, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's a lot of total electric cars out on the road today too. Not very high mileage like the the Tesla, but uh, except, I think it's two
6: hundred miles to the
1: the uh, charge. But uh,
6: lobbies. I I just looked at a video the other day of a guy uh, from Jamaica who has a patented. Uh, Gadget yeah, uh, put on a car, no, a small car. And, you know, it's like um, it makes hydrogen on demand. Oh, that's
4: pretty interesting. Uh,
6: yeah, it, but what's interesting to me is it's a damn simple process. Uh, uh, I even uh, I even demonstrated the other day just to try it out. Uh, apparently, it, it's a it's a thing about the size of uh a tub out of a uh, washing machine that sits in the back of the car, and it's got a a, a, a cage that so raises and lowers in it, and the lower part of it has uh, a lye solution, you know, sodium hydroxide, and the top part has some kind of prefab cans of or, or, or scrap aluminum, wow. and and when you need hydrogen, you lower the. Uh, uh tray of aluminum down into the lie, and it starts generating hydrogen. Uh now you have to top it up with water occasionally. And uh you know, he he's been driving on it for a couple of years. <laughs> and he's got US got a US patent on it.
1: Wow. I, that that's really surprising could you get the patent because usually and you know this already, Steve, usually these folks that come across anything that's uh energy efficient or a new way of uh, making something energy efficient in our past mm-hmm. history
6: they have a tendency to disappear and <laughs> a well I, uh, this uh, the guy's name Harlow Main M-A-Y-N-E uh, first name Harlow uh, and uh, uh, he says he's had all kinds of trouble getting any kind of uh, financing to you know Put it into a production run. Right. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, it's all like, right. everybody says, great idea, great, great, wonderful. And they have a, as he puts it, a closed, a closed door meeting. And, geez, the guys come out and say, yeah, well, I don't think we're interested, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Wow. Not, he's having trouble getting financing, and apparently he's looking for financing. I would say, just, uh, hey, uh, you know, Make it down down home and say, "Here's how to do it. Go do it. You know. And if you want, you know, uh, I'll you know send uh, send you a, a tip sheet on you know here's here's everybody's thinking and best ideas on how to do it yourself, kind of thing. So when you were talking about a, uh, like aluminum, that would be
1: kind of like uh, hey, dissolving. I, it's I, dissolving I, I, and the fumes the fumes produce the hydrogen and
6: all that. Uh I haven't, uh, personally, I haven't figured out exactly what the chemical reaction is that's going on, but, uh, 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 I just took some, uh, aluminum cans that were kicking around the farm, and, uh, I cut them up with some tin snips, and I had a little bottle, put some, uh, uh, sodium hydroxide, the same kind of thing you buy at, the you know, big box store for, you know, cleaning your drains out, well, it it's yeah. just crystallized, you know, form, and, uh. Uh, you know you got to be all careful handling stuff because you mix that with water and it gets hot. And even even when you put the aluminum in, it will generate some heat.
1: Oh yeah, it's gotta be, I Remember that when I was a kid, take Drano and put in a coke bottle with water and then drop chunks of a you know aluminum foil in there. Man, that damn thing would melt the coke bottle.
6: Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, I was surprised the glass bottle I happened to use. I guess either. I'm seasoning it to where it might become Pyrex, but uh, it didn't crack, and I'm surprised because it, uh, uh, it got pretty hot at one point. Uh, I was I was being too, by guessing my gosh, and you know, I was just careful. I, I was near a sink at a good time. <laughs>
1: yeah. Sure they might have a problem for that if if they are trying to generate hot for The concept that I was doing with the vehicle was... It's the that is to catch it on fire exploding, which you know that it's does have a, uh, a high level of like hydrogen gas, but since the vehicle is operating, that's
6: very
5: interesting.
6: It does have an extremely fast fl- frame, flame front and, you, um, and it's like 2,000 feet per second. It's incredibly fast. If it, and so you Fun. do have to have uh, uh, safety measures to protect uh, from flashback, exactly. Uh, very a lot of people, a lot of people been playing with cracking water for years in the you know, HOH movement, yeah. uh, with a cracking water with yeah. electrolysis, but it doesn't. That doesn't seem to yield. And you know, trying to replicate Stan Meyer's work, and uh, nobody ever the, that I know of has gotten it to where it's uh, really can produce it on demand fast enough. Now this guy and this method, uh, maybe so, you know, because
4: uh, uh, the
2: problem is handling it. You know, you've got to be careful what you're doing with it. Mm. But uh, yeah, because lie is nasty stuff. <laughs> you know, you don't want to mess with it.
1: Yeah, Not you know careful. what? It wasn't, you know, or maybe it was red double lie. That's what it was. We were using red right. double lie and. I think when we couldn't get our hands on Red Devil Live, we used a draino, which is basically the same thing.
8: But Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just fine. Red
1: Devil. Yeah. Sodium
8: hydroxide.
1: Yeah, hey, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Hey. Exactly. Man, I don't know what we were doing with it. I'm trying to think if we, were, if we were trying to put a balloon over the Coke bottle and then tie it up and make like a hot air balloon, you know, to launch it instead of, you know, having helium. Seems like that's what uh-huh. we were but I know that I know that damn thing gets so hot, and you couldn't handle that coke ball. That thing was yeah. it it was it was pretty volatile the reaction. But uh, yeah, I remember that. Was the that, was, that was back in the '60s. Damn, it's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Years ago,
8: when I was in auto mechanics school, we had a tank with a heater in it. You could put any uh, steel or cast iron parts in there and cook it in that hot tank that had lye in it right but you couldn't you can't put aluminum in there cuz it'll dissolve that oh, yeah
1: yeah it has a immediate reaction
8: if you got aluminum it, you got to if you can't just clean it up with degreaser you, you use carburetor cleaner on that which of course that's nasty stuff too but uh, in a different way but would some of them guys would turn that heater up a little bit too high and then the people up there in the in the uh at the community college, they'd be complaining about the fumes <coughs> burning their eyes and throat. Oh uh, yeah,
5: that's right. Yeah, that stuff is
6: yeah, it's pretty aggravating. I would imagine you could use that uh, in the line if you just did a quick quick dip and then uh, washed it good. You know, I would think you do you could do aluminum, but it, it you might pit it. You know, so you wouldn't want to use uh, polished pieces.
4: Yeah,
8: I went to school with a boy that he used to work for his uncle that ran a radiator shop here in Salisbury, and he got overbalanced and fell over into that tank.
4: <gasps> I think I he ended up know. having to
8: have skin grafts.
4: Yep.
1: Yeah, there's there's
4: some
8: very very caustic.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, he's lucky. People he burns are nasty. He's alive. If he fell in it, because they've got some of them tanks that are so big, and some of these metal places, I've seen one before up in. Uh, Huntersville, and they said if somebody fell in there, there it would, it wouldn't be nothing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to work in that environment.
8: Well, he probably had it hot, too, because so I guess he probably got scalded as well. So that was really
1: rough.
4: Yeah, that place that was, I think, in Monroe for years, years. of radiation, what,
1: what been in business forever. It was special that once it, it invented that. Uh, That stuff used to pour in your radiator and it would seal leaks and stuff like that.
4: Mm Stuff
6: like
1: that. Yeah, Yeah, pepper. Pepper.
6: uh, Pepper works good too.
1: Yeah, I think that was. Think it was in Monroe that company started that.
8: Are you talking about radiator specialty company?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That that makes
8: gunk and liquid wrench.
1: Yeah. 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 They used to have that little box. It was about the size of a box of. baking soda, and uh, I think it's called radiator seal or some crap like that, because some people do, kind of eat crap, and they pour the whole box in there, and screw up the radiator, but plug it up, but you just to add a little bit, and it
6: had leaks or something like that, it'd seal it. It's kind of mm-hmm. a A guy who was a Vietnam vet told me about uh, over there they would just use uh, pepper and, uh, I did that one time with a leaky radiator and it took care of it. Really? Put about, yeah, I put about a half a can of pepper in.
2: Huh. Uh,
6: yeah. Because it goes ground like peppercorns and then it, this, well, that's the same thing like with, with a sailboat. Sometimes you, you put oatmeal in your bilge. If you got old wooden boat and, you know, when huh. you in the water, when it's been dry docked for a while, uh, you know, it'll start leaking and, uh. Yeah, you know, just to get in something to get in the in the seams and and swallow up. Yep. And uh oh mail works good. Very cool. There used there used
8: to be a facility over towards Burlington um that had some stuff that was so chemically nasty I think the EPA finally shut them down. I had some automotive uh wheels that were um, alloy wheels, and they were finished with epoxy. Right. And I I first tried regular paint stripper on it, and that just made a really nasty, rubbery, sticky mess. It, it, it did not remove it. And so I heard about that place, and they were still around back then. This was years ago. I carried them over there, and they dunked them in the tank, and they came out just absolute bare naked aluminum I mean, it took every bit of it off well but I hate to think what kind of chemicals they were using that would dissolve epoxy because epoxy the whole idea of using that is because it's impervious to just about everything
6: yeah.
8: Right. Yeah. I wonder
6: what it was I
8: don't know if, but it
6: it was strong if I, I've had that problem I'd take too if somebody had a bead blaster and you know a uh, blaster with glass beads I uh, had that done to a VW engine number of years back. I don't even
8: know how well that would work on that rubbery epoxy paint because when you're doing sandblasting on um, wood or on granite monuments or whatever, what you make your mask out of, your stencil, is rubber, sheet rubber because the... the uh, Abrasive material will bounce off of it, and it won't. It won't cut into it, hmm. but it'll cut into granite.
7: I think the secrets of baking soda are amazing too. Yeah, that's a that's a very powerful item too. Yep. Oh, it is. My friend um, Gary, who's a Vietnam vet and he was looking at my battery terminals one day, and they were all coated with this caustic stuff. He said, I know what to do. So he said, do you have any baking soda? And he got a styrofoam cup and put some in. he said, put some water in. And then he took the battery terminals that were, you know, had all this caustic material, all of them, put them in there, and it ate it right off, all that acid.
1: Instantly, yep, that's exactly right. It, uh, it, uh, Neutralizes it's, it
2: neutralizes the acid,
8: yes, it's the orthodontist I went to when I was a teenager. You know when you get those braces on the teeth, you can't get normal cleaning tools on the teeth to clean the teeth, so mm-hmm. they had this apparatus that held water and baking soda, and what it looked like was a um, you seen those airbrushes like they use to do custom painting with?
4: Mm-hmm.
8: This looked like an airbrush that shot baking soda. Very little water, but mostly baking soda. It, it would it would just abrasive blast your teeth with baking soda and clean them right right between the crevices of the braces. I
1: think I've It's uh, with bacon, salt so, I remember that. the name of the machine was a prophy
8: jet P-R-O-P-H-Y jet interesting I imagine it could be used to clean a lot of things besides teeth of course
5: yeah of course that's one of the biggest uh, preventers of odors in your
1: refrigerator in the box Yeah. so they don't put that inside the door
8: I've stopped buying deodorant, because what I was using for years, it did not list aluminum on there, and then it, but it had one ingredient on there, and I looked it up, and all it is is just another name for aluminum. It's an aluminum salt, so I quit buying it. Now all I do is, after I bathe, I will apply witch hazel, and then just a tiny little bit of baking soda, and I'm good to go. Works just as good.
1: Yeah, there's uh, aluminum sulfide, or sulfate, I think is what um, a lot of the, uh, the sticks and stuff you only copy that, well, one of the that is known for not having any aluminum
4: in it.
2: It's mess, but it is spicy very pricey, but if you think about
1: that you know you put that on for years and years you absorb it and you know it's a risk that could be susceptible to Alzheimer's you know uh, any type of aluminum that you get in your body and actually you know cause that to happen And so uh, uh, it's not the best idea to be washed that or using uh, any
2: type of deodorant. uh, You know, you rub it on your underarms and you absorb a lot of that.
7: And and very few people bother to read the actual label on like even just toothpaste where it has a warning call poison control center if accidentally swallowed. Yeah. And I started, yeah. I started picking up the labels <laughs> reading them.
8: That's because and, of the
1: fluoride, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly right, Dixie.
6: You are so yeah, right. Some people just brush their teeth with uh, salt
2: mixed with uh, baking soda. hmm. Yep. Yeah, There's a lot of
1: toxins. That we use every day, and and uh, a lot of people. You're right. People don't take the time to to read labels, and you know we actually do. And we kind of for years and years avoided any type of products that uh, contain soy. And it's very few items you can find at the grocery store that don't, as far as consumables go. Even Jif peanut butter <laughs> contains soy. Just about
4: everything. Really?
6: No need. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Jimmy Steenbergh is already already bad enough for you. It's got the hydrogen stuff, and that causes you know cancer and diabetes. And, you know, nobody well, needs that.
1: It's one of the biggest things because the only animal that can really digest soy is the cow. It has a double you know stomach that uh, can actually digest that and process it, but the human body does not really do that and absorbs it. So. One of the biggest cancers in the male is prostate, and in the female is uh, either breast or ovian, ovian uh, cancer. So, you know, that is uh, that is sad, but it's true. It's so much soy that's in so many products, and it's good to actually avoid that. So that's why we try to not anything that contains soy. And, you know, I can think years ago when I was much younger, Hell, we'd go to the Chinese place and order it. <laughs> I mean, I would. I thought it tasted good. How crazy is that? So the only way that you can get soy if it's not, if it's healthy for you, if it's just fermented, and uh, mm-hmm. Japanese do that. Now, that actually is very healthy if it's fermented soy, but that's the only way, and that's called natto, if I pronounce that correctly. Yeah. So that's the that's nasty, right. nastiest stuff you'll ever eat in your life, but... You have to develop they eaten, but uh I've heard it's pretty nasty, but I mean the the chinese the Japanese eat that
4: well, they, the other product
8: have. is fermented soy called miso
4: yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's
8: that's pretty strong flavor too, oh yeah yeah, kind of an acquired taste, i think
1: yeah well yeah it's you know a lot of the healthiest Chinese have been practicing for years and years and Japanese too is. Um, you don't you hear often of the Japanese or Chinese falling when they get older and breaking a hip like we do in this country. So there's a lot of benefits that their diet actually mm-hmm. can have some long-term effects, preventing like a broken hip from falling when you get older. As when somebody's in their 70s um, or 80s and can slip and fall, you know, that's one of the fears of like breaking their hip. Um it's uh it's a lot of their diet prevent that It's
8: very unlikely also you know they got all that radiation from the two atomic bombs dropped on them in World War two, and their diet that has a lot of seaweed in it helped yep. them recover from that. yeah,
6: that is amazing, yeah that
5: is amazing do
6: you think I was would do the iodine or what do you think I was? What do, you, what do you think the, I oh, is the, the... I'm sure that's part
2: of it. Yeah.
7: yeah. Well, I try to, I try to have a lot of fun when I um go out to try to educate people. And in Bryson City, North Carolina, there's this um drugstore that uh promotes itself by its sign that it's a healthy, health food type of place, and so I went in and I said, do you all have any deodorant here that does not have aluminum in it, and she looks at me and she goes, the pharmacist, she goes, aluminum, I said, yes, aluminum, oh, she said, why would they have aluminum in there, I said, well, let's take a look, so... One after one after one, I said, Oh, this one's got aluminum, Those, no, that one's got aluminum I said, Did you know that when that goes into your skin it penetrates the blood brain barrier? That's and she right. me like, Who is this woman?
4: <laughs>
5: exactly
1: right. That's exactly right, because uh, once you break that blood brain barrier barrier that uh that actually enters the brain and so uh and that's where the amyloid plaque sits in, and, and that's one of the biggest culprits of Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're exactly right. That's—I bet you did give them an education. They said, "Oh hell, better go look that up." And uh, yeah, you're exactly right, Dixon. Very, very good. Very good.
7: Well, I try to have fun with it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's amazing and what. It's- Pick up and you learn along the way, but uh, um, you know these are these are things that you know really are helpful to yourself and your own longevity. And a lot of these people just shun it and say heck with it. And then first time that uh, they go to a doctor and they said, well, you know, we need to do this or we need to run this test, or we need to do this, and people just all the procedure without questioning it and, And to me, I don't understand it, because so many people subject themselves to a treatment or something that's not unnecessary necessary, and it's going to take them down the wrong path and actually could shorten their life. Not all the time, but, you know, a lot of times it does. A lot of people are subject to that, and they can simply go home and do some research and, you know, put off what they might be thinking about doing for at least a week or a couple weeks or something like that. And, uh, do some research, and it's really sad, you know people just don't they don't open their mind and don't look at anything they don't question anything so yeah you're you're
2: right on target with that, Dixon
7: Well, okay, does anybody like attorneys? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story about this law firm I work for up in Alaska. There was this guy, I worked for the managing partner. and He was a nice guy. He was a good guy. But there was this one attorney, and he, my, my my boss caught him triple billing his customers. And, like, we would make this joke that he would start billing a customer when he could hear them coming up the elevator shaft, even before they got into his office. Wow. Anyway, so this guy, this guy goes out. Uh, His name was Jim and one day he came into the office and he was just covered all over in bandages and we go, Jim, what happened to you? Well, this brilliant, smart attorney, and I say that tongue in cheek, had a bunch of logs that he had uh, cut down and he needed to burn them. So he decided to pour gasoline on them. And then he stood there, and he lit a match, and, of course, it exploded. And it ended up in the hospital. Mm -hmm. The next time you go to an attorney, (laughs) question, (laughs) question, question. (laughs) Well, what are they, you know? (laughs)
2: You saw a little bit of humor there, but it's
7: a true story.
2: Yep. Very interesting. What part
1: of Alaska were you up at, uh, Dixie?
7: In Juneau. Juneau is the capital city of Alaska, and it's uh, surrounded by mountains and glaciers, and you get landlocked for – you can't get out for – the planes can't get out, the boats can't come in and get out, and you're all landlocked in there when you get in, so – yeah, it's uh, pretty, pretty tough to live there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't doubt that. Wow, not as not as isolated as Dead Horse, Alaska, right?
7: <laughs> I don't know where Dead Horse, Alaska, is, but there's so many places. There is explicitly beautiful from the air, but I was told by one of the Alaska Airlines pilots that um, they often will go down after the winter and find dead bodies that have frozen to death in these cabins that are so remote that people live out and they just freeze to death. You know? Wow.
4: And when
7: yeah. You, yeah, when you fall asleep because it's so cold, you just go into hypothermia, and if you don't stay warm, you're going to go.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's pretty quick. You're exactly right.
7: Yeah, so... Speaking of which, uh, about Alaska and being right off the coast, uh, there, um, uh, the old was his Kim Jong Young or whatever. Yep. I got up another. <laughs> I had to laugh watching that. It fizzled into the ocean or something. But what an idiot! <laughs> Excuse me, but he's an idiot. Yep. Well,
1: you know, I, I thought I thought that was real curious. Yeah, uh, Steve, you still on and. Uh, yeah, you know, they were talking about the missile that went. Um, <laughs> I know you can question that, but the the missile. They said that uh, uh, this was the U.S. media said that the one he launched they said it went 465 miles into space, and then came what 300 miles off the uh, coast of Japan uh, into the sea. You know that latest latest launch, and of course I'm questioning the the height. 365 miles, which don't buy that, especially after what I've learned. I think what you have too, but uh, sounds like to me that that's very well exaggerated as far as the height of that. Seems like to me it's more like uh, 50 miles up, and then you know heading out. But uh, I question seriously. I read that. I read that on on when uh, the report they did, and I thought that was just kind of curious why they went along with that
2: but uh, whatever, but...
7: Uh, well, yeah. you bring up a good point because I watched that thing about Kim Jong-un uh, prior to re-listening or, or watching for the first time this a really excellent video uh, by Bill Cooper, yeah. and most of you, I'm sure, on this call know Bill Cooper's uh, credentials were impeccable, and he he did explain in there that they can produce uh, stuff that you see on television that's not real. It's not real. We're not. It's you're not viewing reality when you're looking at it, and the lies that they tell, as we all know, especially about the JFK. We know they they lie to us. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 exactly right, and. I, Witnessed that firsthand because it's really amazing that the Warren Commission got away with that. Because anybody can go back and watch the film, and you can see the the striking of Kennedy's head in the forehead that uh, you know shatters his brain out of his head, but it clearly knocks his head back. Yet they go with the story that he was shot from the rear by Oswald, which is just so ridiculous because the head would, if anything, go and so uh that, That's just totally ridiculous. That, that,
7: you know there are three films, right? Do what now? You know there are three films, not just the the, the per Oh, yeah, no, of course there is.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's
7: three different ones. That's right.
1: And probably okay. more than that, that were confiscated in every, you know, there were so many everything was kind of shut down and people disappeared and everything else with that. It was just really amazing that uh, the control that everybody took over with that kind of with 9-11. And that's, you know, that's one thing that it keeps pressure on constantly for uh, investigation that. And it really is amazing because, you know, you can cut on any channel on TV. Well, most of the channels, and the media will portray how honest and forthcoming and they are and caring. But I tried to portray that, but if you go back, you know, 16 years, and you look at what happened on 9/11, they all lied, you know, about the what actually happened that day and and uh, with the towers coming down and and the loss of life. And they went along with the official story, which was a bunch of crap. So you know, I don't see how you can say you're telling the truth today when 16 years ago you lied openly, which people seem to have forgotten, and uh, let them get away with it. There's a lot of people with the media that should be you know, convicted uh, for that supporting that lie of what happened on September 11, 2001 with all the loss of life and everything. So it just blows me away. But, yeah, you're you're right about the Kennedy thing. That was just unbelievable.
7: And and this this Manchester thing that just happened, I posted to people over in the U.K. that this was so similar, a false flag, to 9-11. And they're all agreeing with me that it's a false flag that was created, a situation, and then Theresa May turned around and shut down elections on the Brexit, And, of course, the G7 meeting uh, this week, and it's all planned by them in advance, and that's what Bill Cooper reinforces in this video. They plan these events way in advance. It it doesn't just happen overnight, but, you know, you know, so.
1: He was was the guy, you know, Cooper did one thing, and, you know, actually he died. um, He was killed in 2001, after
4: 9-11. And, uh, but uh, Cooper, uh, he was actually the uh, one that.
2: Sorry, right, who killed Kennedy? Uh, what, Sam? Who killed Kennedy?
7: William greer Cole. One of the, it shot one of the bullets, and there was the man on the grassy you knoll. I guess there were six of them, possibly more. Yeah. Who were
5: who, who, who these people?
7: CIA people.
5: Hmm. Who else? Who put him up to it? Why, why was Kennedy killed? Zionism.
2: That too, and
7: Hoover was in on it. He ordered his he ordered them to assassinate Kennedy.
4: Who?
7: Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover. He ordered them, yeah, and then L. B. The, was in on it.
5: Why did Why did Hoover want them killed? To
7: shut him up because he had Kennedy had ex- exposed the fact that. The, there was an Illuminati and that he was going to stop the drug running that the CIA is doing, has been doing, and the drugs were being shipped into this country and, and given, you know, pumped in to keep people dumbed down in this country. And so he Kennedy was going to put a stop to that. And do you want to add anything to what I just said?
5: Well, I I, I got
2: a, I got other reasons for him being killed.
5: Cute. go ahead, Sam. You got the stage. Well, I I read this book, Final Judgment, by Michael Piper. Have you read it? Uh, it's just the latest edition. Two volumes just came out. He he died. I, you know, he may have been murdered by Michael Piper. All right. Anyway. Well there there were there were four things he would uh, Kennedy was going to do. Number one, he was gonna get rid of the CIA. Right. Number two, he was gonna keep Israel from getting the atomic bomb. Right. Number three, he was gonna get us out of Vietnam. Right. Uh remember and then uh, Johnson got us into Vietnam, he faked that Golf of Tonkin incident. That was a complete fake, just like the um uh, Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. They didn't have them. And then uh, it came out. Uh, you know you know the difference between a Federal Reserve note on currency and the U.S. note? Yeah, it's a rip seal, and it's uh United yeah. States.
1: Yeah.
5: Right. yeah, well, U.S. note came out in 1963. That's right. Year same, same year as Kennedy. Yep, yep. Yeah. And that's issued by the government interest-free. That's correct. Yeah. And personally, personally, I think that should be the top of the list. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you see, but my, Michael Piper says that that law that was going to issue U.S. notes was made before 1963. So he says uh, Kennedy didn't make, actually make that law. But anyway, the U.S. note, the, you know, the Federal Reserve note is the debt money usury system. It, it's, it's, it's issued with interest. Whereas U.S. note is issued by the government, wow. printed by the government. Issued by the government, interest free, right. which all, all which all money should be issued by the government instead of the Federal Reserve. You know that's why we got to get rid of the Federal Reserve. Well, the, you,
6: the the same element is uh, they tried killing Andy Jackson about three times. Yeah. And uh, you know, and then there was Lincoln, the same sort of thing.
5: Uh, yeah. And uh, he's, he's a great but Lincoln issued greenbacks. Remember? He yep. financed the finance war with the government issuing green. If Lincoln went to the uh, bankers in New York and wanted to borrow money, they wanted to give him 33% interest issuing money, loaned to the government, 33% interest. So Lincoln issued uh, greenbacks from the government. He saved us billions of dollars. And there's a book called, called uh, Lincoln Money Martyred" because he issued mm-hmm. greenbacks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, who, who knows where the truth is? So, anyway, that's the story. That's what Michael Piper. So, he, he claims that three people were on the uh, Kennedy assassination. The Mossad, because uh, uh, Kennedy was having an argument with the Israeli Prime Minister Ben Gurion and the other one that succeeded him because they didn't want him to get the uh, atomic bomb. And, uh, Then the CIA was in on it because he was getting rid of the CIA. What do they call CIA? The Criminal Investigative Agency or something like that? uh, Yeah. It's called
7: called the Cocaine Importing Agency. (laughs) What is it called? It's called the
5: Cocaine Importing Agency. Yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah,
5: Yeah, they're behind the drug trade. The CIA is behind the drugs coming into the country. Well, that's why we don't leave
1: Afghanistan because
5: that's where yeah. all it
1: comes from. That's yeah. where all the comes
5: from. Ninety-five percent of the drugs coming from Afghanistan, and heroin, number one, and our troops are guarding the poppy fields. Right, and these these
1: uh, sport U.S. Air Force transport jets that leave yeah. Afghanistan and land in Fort Bragg. Do you think there's a U.S. Customs officer that
5: inspects that plane when it lands? No. Mm-hmm. Did you hear the latest one? The the plane crashed coming from uh, Colombia, where cocaine comes from. Yeah, Colombia, South US, America. Yeah, yeah. It crashed, and there was a four ton, or some, two or four tons of cocaine on it. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, that that's not gonna stop.
1: No,
4: that's not gonna stop. Just like, yeah.
1: just like you know, the United States will never let Afghanistan go. Because of the opium. I mean, yeah. the, the, the yield on that is, is incredible. It's, it's a money thing, money versus human life. It's just like, good example, this is kind of a weird analogy, but it's like the aviation industry. Um, it, it, it would be cheaper to make airplanes fire retardant as far as the material inside the plane, but it would cost the airlines more money and the manufacturers more money to do that so it's cheaper for them to pay the uh, the claim uh anytime they there's a crash. So they they simply pay the insurance and pay the loss instead of making them safer. So it's
4: weird the way
1: it's it's all bottom line. That's the way it's always been it's always the way there will be is bottom line. So the United States makes a lot of money from the drug trade in Afghanistan and there's no way in hell they're gonna let that go.
5: Yeah. Before us when the Vietnam War was going to come it came from the Golden Triangle. You know, up there in Laos Vietnam and Cambodia. They grew it there and shipped it they shipped it to the United States in the uh dead bodies of the GIs. I wouldn't
1: doubt that. Yeah, that was a the big industry and anybody that was served in Vietnam during that time frame knew that. Anybody that was a soldier. Yeah. There's no
6: question about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, Bo Greats uh, wrote a lot about that and spoke a lot about that. Yeah, well,
1: anybody that was there at that time frame knew exactly what it was like. And, see, that's what a that's really the way a lot of the guys would, you know, get any, uh, you know, because you don't know when Charlie was going to shoot you or you're going to be dead the next day. And and uh, so a lot of them, that's, that's the only relief they would have is uh, to uh, – partake with what was around there. And, uh, I I think I told you guys, as I watched, you you want to see something really interesting, watch one of those, uh, I think it was 1966 or 1967, 65, somewhere along there, but you can watch the complete Bob Hope USO specials that was in Vietnam, many bases. And, uh, took along Joey Heatherton and Rockel Welch and quite a show that, uh, you know, really, really nice. And uh, that was a big thing, but they wanted to go to all these different places. And, you know, a lot of these guys never even made it back. They were just, you know, it was a pretty bad time back in those days.
7: And speaking of the Mossad, Bill Clinton was compromised by the Mossad agent, Monica Lewinsky.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he kind of had uh, they kind of had a
1: a deal going on with uh, in Arkansas, and uh, what well, was one of the guys that was uh, tied in with uh, transporting drugs? He was I can't remember the guy's name that was tied in with bringing stuff in Arkansas. Very Seal.
9: Yeah, yeah Seal.
1: That's right, Seal. And uh, you know, I think when they found him dead, he had Bush's cell phone number. Pocket. And they said, How the hell has he got George Bush's phone number in his pocket? That was weird. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff on that. So, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah
5: that, they were, that, were flying it into Amina Airport down yeah. in Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah.
7: And they were also using an, an Air Force base, too. I heard uh, up north, besides Amina, there was a, a Air Force base where they were flying the drugs into and the cocaine. That's right, because,
1: you know, and this is a given. I don't see why people don't know. Nah, they say, no, nah, of course not. Well, you know, that's true, because let's look at this. It's a military base. So that's United States government, United States military. So naturally, you wouldn't need a customs official at a U.S. military installation, because there would never be drugs brought in. Oh, really? Well, who's there to make sure there aren't? There aren't any. So there's, there's no checks and balances on that. Of course, that's where a lot of the the uh, uh, illegal drugs come in. This comes in by that venue. It comes into a military base, wherever it is, United States. So it's been going on for a long time, and it will. So that's the way a lot, you know, gets in here. Of course, there's a lot that comes in illegally and, and uh, across the border, and like uh, Sam was talking about from uh, Colombia, for example. But that's uh, uh, the Afghanistan connection. That stuff. The purity of that stuff comes in, I'm sure, on U.S. uh, military
7: uh, aircraft. And a lot of this becomes very clear when I was watching that video uh, again today by uh, Bill Cooper. And he says the government doesn't like competition, which is why they get rid of the foreign uh, drug cartels, because the government doesn't want competition there. They're importing all these drugs, and they don't want the other drug cartels to have the money. They want it.
4: <laughs> That's,
7: a, right. That's a given.
1: That's a given. You're exactly right. And he he said that so good. And, you know, he had a very popular show because his show was short wave, and the what was it? The sound of the times or something like that. But uh, Bill yeah, was, it
4: was a long
6: show. I was on three yeah, or four hours night.
1: Coast to coast people listened to it and uh New York City and all California but he had a, a very, very good show that was coming on and uh you know, I, I think the man was brilliant and he had quite a archive of material. We actually had one of the guys on that was still had a lot of his uh, I, I guess he was part of Phil Cooper's thing and uh we had him on but for some reason or other I, I don't know what happened but he uh he didn't have a good experience with uh, being on our show one time, and I, I can't remember all the reasons. But for some reason or other, he won't come back. I wish he would. Cause I, I, we have. Old, that? I don't remember the guy's name. Ray would probably have to tell you who it is. It was so many years uh-huh. ago, back in 2008. I think it's about when we were doing uh-huh. our first year, because um, we've been doing this ten years now. But uh, um, we had him on and. It just wasn't a good experience that he had. I mean, he, he's got all the archives with, with Bill Cooper. And I think one of the neatest things I've ever seen, which was really unbelievable, but uh, that interview you saw at Dixie where uh, Cooper's talking about, he said, I wish, you know, he was on a, I think he said he was on a, a submarine or a naval vehicle. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about yeah, a boat. Yeah. boat. But he, he said, there was a craft, a submersible, a U.S.O. Uh, unidentified uh, submersible mm-hmm. um, that came out of the water and went up, and then dived and went straight down. He said, "I wish anybody could have seen that." And the guy was—I I don't see how you could doubt the story he said. It was really incredible, and uh, this quite some time. I have his book.
6: Yeah, I, I mean, Cooper yeah. He's real super. You ever read his book? Behold a pale horse.
1: Yeah, that's where the audio of of him reading the book is on our you know announcement. I put that together. I edited that. Uh, That was my work. I I did the intro. uh, Uh, I put those uh, clips in there. Then one of the other guys you recognize, of course, is Ron Paul. And uh, Mm -hmm. uh, that's Bill Cooper and Ron Paul, and then me uh, making the announcement for you know our our intro we've had for. Gosh, we started out as a Ron Paul meetup call, and then I guess the third year we were doing this, we changed over to the Collective Consciousness show. So, uh, but yeah, Cooper was quite a fellow, quite a fellow, and did quite a show, and there's quite a lot of material that's still up on uh, which Dixie went through on the uh, the internet, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Pale Horse, incredible. That. that yeah that was some, that was some of his greatest work in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He he's a very brave man. Absolutely. And you know, even when he was, you know, attacked at his home that these sheriff deputies pretty much opted on uh, on instructions to take him out and he fought to get back home in his vehicle where they were you know firing at him and and then he was, you know, killed on the steps step of his porch was, uh, you know, it was kind of a shock, but the man already had uh, injuries where he had an attempt on his life before, so he wasn't uh, in the best physical shape. And uh, they simply, uh, you know, they took him out. That was their instructions, and they did what they were supposed to do. Well, what they were instructed
2: to do, but. uh Quite a loss quite a loss. There's also a, a story on YouTube that gives his life. And I think that's the one I was talking about where he
1: talks about that that USO that, that comes from the from the, uh, the auction, And then it gives the details until
2: his death, his untimely death, shortly after nine eleven.
7: Well, they certainly are fighting to uh, suppress the information, but the more they fight to suppress it, the more it's going to be exposed. Absolutely. Because a lot of people have made copies and passed them on to pop, you know, and passed them on to other people. And we're not going to stop. I'm with Bill Cooper. We stand okay. for yep. humanity and and the U.S. Constitution. Uh, yep. which most people don't, like Bill says, most people don't even know what's in the Constitution. haven't bothered to read that they can get out of the, the Illuminati made sure it was taken out of our school books and texts and not taught in schools anymore. Yeah, it's funny, you'll hear, a,
1: you'll hear a congressman or a senator or, or some government official that will always make reference to uh, taking the oath to defend and uphold the Constitution, but yet nobody seems to know, you know, what that is, what it means, or how it's defined. But yet they'll make reference to it all the time. So kind of a kind of a weird situation the way they uh, portray yeah. that. But you're right; a lot of people yeah. are, are ignorant to what that really means.
7: Which brings me to a good thought and Bob Schultz is going to be on, and here's a brave man who's brought the redress of grievances. He said most people don't even read that part of the last line in that amendment, Um, and we have the right to a redress of grievances.
1: That's written in the Constitution. That's exactly right. See, that's the strange thing about it, because his whole life that he... His latter part of his life, uh, after his professional working life, he dedicated, and devoted to exactly proving what what you just said: uh, regress, regress of grievances, which is in the Constitution. And instead of uh, people joining him in the government side, like the Congress, Senate actually him tooth and nail. The government did, and it's really sad because his whole purpose of, of trying to uh, address that and get some attention to it is uh, was just tremendous amount of movement against him to stop him and cause him all the problems that he's been currently, you know, happening to him right now with his real estate, his property in in Connecticut. And uh you know, they uh, they constantly been getting in a rough know, time law suits and of course Bob's made a lot of lawsuits against the government, but uh you know, it's kinda of tough fighting City Hall when they can uh they can out outlast you as far as funds go. But it's just really sad he didn't have more uh support from Congress and the Senate. It's he's genuine with his, his fight and his movement. And uh, at one time, he had, gosh, I guess tens, hundreds of thousands of people that uh, believed and supported many years ago. And you know, that's just it's kind of like the 9/11 movement. It's not like it was, you know, 10, 11 years ago. But uh, it's still going. I'm still there.
2: And I still I'm still fight. there too. Yep. Still fight for 9/11 truth.
7: Is, is Bob and his wife okay? Because they're—I know it's got to be very, very tough. I mean, yeah. he's expended a, a lot of money for the we, the people. Yeah, absolutely. And see,
1: that's yeah. the thing. Um, from what I understand, they're still—they're uh, still getting him a rough time. That's one of the reasons he couldn't make it uh, week four last, and then. Fred couldn't make it this week. Bob was going to come back on this week, but he couldn't make it. But the others will give him a rough time. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough, tough battle he's taking on. So you're right.
2: Uh, the only way to describe that is very brave. But I think you heard me, Dixie. Uh, I was going to mention... We
1: did get, Betty got an email from Sherry Jackson, um, you know, where she was in that, that movie, of course, with Aaron Russo, um for even the Fascism. And uh, anyway, she will be on with us probably in a couple of weeks. She's going to be coming back on. Sherry Jackson. Sherry Jackson Peel. Fantastic. Fantastic.
7: Fantastic. Sherry Peel Jackson. Oh, I got it backwards. Sherry Peel Jackson. Thank
1: you, Dixie. But she will be back on with us. Um, cause in fact, I forwarded that email to Dixie, I mean to DeeDee uh, Dee just a few minutes ago, but Betty sent me the email where she was in contact with her. She still lives around, I think she's in Fulton County, which is Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, Cynthia McKinney was a neighbor, but she has since moved. And we're hoping we can possibly get Cynthia McKinney to come on. We've never had her on our show before. Sherry sure Jackson's been on with us many times, but uh, I'm hoping we can, possibly get uh Cynthia McKinney on. She did a really good movie that uh she produced and, and did with some other folks called American Blackout, which was released I think you can still watch it on YouTube. It was a film, a documentary she did in two thousand and four showing how the uh the uh vote for the presidential election was fixed and especially in the Ohio area and how they uh, gerrymandered the uh, uh, black polling places where they had few voting machines to make sure they'd get the vote through it. She did a great job with that film. It's called American Blackout. But what a great person she was. And they wanted her out of office, so they did everything they could to antagonize her. And as you recall, years ago, they had, uh, I don't know, a media person... That, just aggravated her so much that she slapped them and of course they did everything they could to uh, uh, cause her enough problems where she couldn't win re-election and they kind of uh, used every means they could in Atlanta to uh, get people to use their opinion and had the media going against her and everything else but you know she's one of the few people that was spoke out for 9-11 from day one and uh... You know, I really admire her a lot. I think she's quite a hero. Quite a hero.
4: Does
7: everybody listening on the call know who Sherry Cole Jackson is?
4: Yeah. I, I think
1: everybody here has seen American Freedom Fascism. Yes. I think of that with our roots. <laughs>
4: so yeah. She worked for the
8: IRS. Yes, Correct. and and she might, she asked a question about the about the income tax. You know, where's the law? And uh, yeah. Yeah, she's they, she's
4: been. They uh, didn't have
8: any more use for her then. And
4: then yeah, she went to prison
1: on. finally. Yeah, she did do she did do time and, and got out. But yeah, she's been on here. I guess probably about five or six times since she raised. She's been on the Wilson many times.
8: Well, how many? But I know she has been on here.
1: Yeah, yeah, a few times. You know, you
8: know heard. that fellow that uh, was also working for the IRS that was in AFTF movie Joe uh Joe Bannister. Joe Bannister,
1: yeah,
8: yeah. Yeah, he asked a question about it and they they canned him too.
1: Yeah. yeah. He was he was a very good speaker in that film. And
8: uh I'd like to hear him on on the call one night.
1: Well in communication with him. And I told Betty I said I'd like to see him on here and we even <laughs> a conference call with uh, uh Fred smart and uh betty i don't know it was a couple of weeks ago, and we were suggesting that uh maybe Bob could contact uh master, see if he could give him some advice and help because he's uh he's a pretty knowledgeable fellow too yeah
4: mm-hmm. uh, but
1: I don't know you know Betty said she was going to email him i'd I'd like to see him come on. I would. Yeah, that'd be nice.
7: Speaking, no? of Fred Smart, freaking, speaking of Fred Smart, I've had his back now for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I know he's not on the call, but on the secret veterans codes, yes. secret, I still go, go back to that, and, and I, I'm getting posts of people responding to my posts. And uh, some people made a nasty comment about him. So I kind of it back, and I said, he's an excellent presentation, and he knows exactly what he's talking about. And I go into uh, my friends and my personal veterans' uh, experiences, and, you know, I, I've got his back. I'm <laughs> I'm right in there supporting Fred Smart.
1: Yeah, actually, actually, you probably heard this before too, Dixie, but... Um He's supposed to be um, doing another video if when Ed Crosby's health is permitting
4: uh, in Chicago.
1: So what what, they're going to, what we're going to try to do is get um, Ed Crosby back up to Chicago in studio and do another segment like Fred did. So that I don't know when that'll happen, and it's still in the work, but. Uh, when he can get back up there, that, that's the game plan. I'm supposed to get him back in the studio and, and do another segment on that. Uh, but uh, it's incredible. That was an incredible film. That really was. Dr. Lee Warren was in there and uh, Ed Crosby and uh, another guy, too. But uh, great, great interview and
5: great uh, production that Fred did with that. Very good show.
7: Well, if we don't get hit by an earthquake tonight, (laughs) I laugh because uh, I was going to ask you, Steve, about your weather. But uh, tonight we've had to turn on the heat. It's, like, really cold. It's uh, a few degrees above freezing. And then tomorrow we're supposed to be 80 degrees. And so today at Wendy's I was joking, and I said, well, today I need to get my skis out to go snow skiing, and tomorrow I'll have to put on my bikini.
1: yeah one extreme to the next yeah it's it's windy it's cool and uh we just you know we've had so much rain it's just been phenomenal but yeah, it's cooled it off and uh so it's it's just it was kind of broken cloudy but uh kind of windy that's what's going on here but yeah it is cooler
4: definitely cooler
7: not like what you're going through But you just reminded me of something by what you just said about it. It's Wendy, and I was at Wendy's.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: And Gary, Gary, my Vietnam vet friend, he used to say to me, words have meaning, and the same word can be spelled exactly the same. Right. Like, let's say the word tear, T-E-A-R, right. or T-E-A-R for a tear. Right. It looks exactly the same, but it's pronounced differently and has two different meanings. Correct. So, when they're like with Comey and all this stuff going on that way, and they're this supposed memo, alleged memo, but when you read something, you cannot get the inflection in a person's voice and know their true intent. And uh, that whole thing with I'm glad Comey's gone, and he was in on the whole thing. I sent to, uh, Ray that thing about HSBC uh, being uh, household household bank credit card being involved with money laundering for the Clinton Foundation, mm-hmm. and the government knew that, and yet the government never let people know <laughs> that there using a credit card that's doing illegal stuff. Well Comey was a
8: director of that bank. He was he was part of their money laundering.
7: Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) What a crappy government.
5: Yeah.
1: Sure is. Yeah, it's weird. One tries to call the kettle black on either side. And so uh it on for years and years and years. Kind of
7: strange. Oh, I don't use credit cards. I told uh, this deputy sheriff one day, I said, that's called, using that is called usury. And he said, what's usury? Why <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, don't you explain to him what
1: usury
2: is? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've had many, many shows, left, many guests talking about that. Another form of legalized theft. Yep.
7: Yeah,
4: that's right. And he
7: created it out of thin air. Yeah, I think, was it Colin
1: back, Colin Beck, he was the one that uh, was, uh, he, he didn't make it. Oh, he finally made it in. That's right. Yeah, Colin Beck. He, he
2: was the guy on that. History. Yeah. Very interesting.
7: I was just checking my phone to see if I still got a battery going. Yep. Yeah.
1: Kelly, you probably down around freezing tonight or, or did you say it was hot? Or Steve, excuse me, Steve, not Kelly, Steve.
6: What were we asking? Uh, were you warm tonight or cold in West Virginia? oh no, well, it's been pretty crisp here recently, down down around forty. Yeah, oh, night. That's, that's about norm. That's about the norm this time of year. Not here.
1: Really?
6: <laughs> yeah. Now uh, usually it's quite a bit warmer. Hey, we're past the uh, uh, drop dead date for putting your garden in. I mean, that was. Uh, uh 15th, you know. And wow. It's, like it's supposed to be past frost, but, like, I'd say, you know, uh, they might be skiing up in the mountains as far as I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a skier, so I don't know.
1: I went one time years ago up to, actually, I went to uh, Snowshoe, which is a neat place. That's a yeah. uh, kind of, yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: it's the nearest thing I've ever seen. It's like, it's like uh a beach resort without the ocean but snow. <laughs> that's what Snowshoe <laughs> is. That, I mean, damn, you know, so many people up there. That was years ago I went, but man, I ran into people that I hadn't seen years and years that were from Charlotte. They were up there, and that's quite a drive from Charlotte to Snowshoe, West Virginia. But what a neat yeah. resort. God almighty, that was nice. That, that was a first rate place. I'm sure it's even much bigger today. But uh, yeah, they have, uh, I think. Of course, this is already passed that because I'm sure they, they stopped that. But I know in April, um, they had a thing up there for skiing, it's called Almost Heaven, and uh, I think it's right before they shut it down for the year. And but they, they're they blowing snow, you know, all the time
5: up there. But yeah, that's a neat resort. I've never been there, but some of my kids have gone skiing there.
4: Uh, yeah,
6: I
5: got one,
6: one boy is in the air force now, and he it was uh. Uh, doing snare, snowboarding.
4: Uh, yeah. And
6: it, uh, you know, it asked me that looks like the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a newer
1: sport, but... Uh,
6: yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's not, you know... Uh, it's sort of not, like snow, snow surfing is what it's really like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of a, a newer version that's over the last, I guess, decade that's kind of popped up. Kind of a
8: snow, snow skateboarding almost.
1: Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I tell you, it's unless you're really, really good at that stuff, and you gotta know what you're doing, especially if you're going around trees and stuff and going fast, because you know, how to make one mistake, and this, you can, you can end up leaving this world real quick.
8: End up like Sonny Bono.
1: That's right.
8: Yeah. He hit a tree.
1: And It might be some questionable about whether he did that intentionally too. There's a lot of conspiracy on that. Hmm. Yeah,
4: that
2: was sad. I thought Jay would make it in the night, but I guess he didn't. Steve, Steve, I'm going through the
8: videos on the newsletters that you send out, and I'm trying to get caught up. Mm-hmm. I got all of last week's done. Um, Let's see here if I got any more left. Oh, I got all of that done except for about one third left of the of the video proof that space is full of water. That's an interesting one. Yeah. But uh, which uh, one I'm did you ask camera me camera about last week, last week that I week did I watched? You, you um, asked me a week ago what about i had seen one and I said I hadn't yet. But which one were you asking about? You remember?
1: Uh, the one on the beyond the um, the equator, South Equator. That's the bottom one, the very bottom one on the newsletter. That's, I always send that out for Kelly and Steve and uh, everybody else that keeps up with that. I try to find the best one for the week. The least. And
8: which week was that on? Do you
1: remember? <laughs> it Might have been last week. It might have been the week before. Okay, I'll um,
8: go back and check.
1: But yeah, the the very bottom one, that's, that's the one I usually... Try to find them. Well, I, I try to pick out all the best ones that I can find for the, the world news and for the U.S. news. So it takes me, I spend three hours doing that newsletter each Wednesday night. I spend three hours on that. So that's not just thrown together in 10 minutes. Oh, I know it. Yeah, I actually look look at those, watch them,
7: and then put them up. Even the funny. I, yeah, I watched the two about the Antarctica and and Bill Cooper went into you know in 1939 the Nazis. Yeah. Uh, well, they went down to Antarctica, and Many they times. had a big, yeah. Yeah. That's see
1: that's that's the real that's the real clincher is the mystery of Antarctica, not so much the North Pole area, but Antarctica. That's where. The secrecy is, and why would Germany so long ago be so interested and spend all the money and resources and and
6: people to make these trips down there
4: you know, many
6: well really have been an operation high jump yeah well that exactly they took a whole fleet for that whole military operation,
1: and uh, you know the strange thing. Uh, You know, we're talking about JFK's assassination, but even one that preceded JFK's, and if you look hard enough, you can find, if you do, send me the link, because I used to have that picture, I don't know what happened to it, there's a picture of a very young John Fitzgerald Kennedy standing behind Secretary of the Navy, James Forstall, and uh, Hmm. I don't know if that was in Washington, D.C. or where it was, but uh, JFK was still... uh, a serviceman, you know, in the in in his venue in the navy, but uh, uh, Forstall was taken out, but not mm-hmm. because hiding up UFOs. Forstall very much against Israel being formed as a, a state. He was against that, and Truman was very pro for that happening. He wanted Israel to be formed as a state. So Truman, yeah, he'd already
8: Israel. taken money from them, so that's and why he that's was not- in favor of them.
1: Yeah, Truman. Truman despised um, um, Forstall, and Forstall was more presidential than Truman was. And if you watch that movie, the one that's all over YouTube about Operation I Jump, Forstall. Forstall did a better job addressing the public on television than Truman could, and and he because he was sincere. <laughs> Forstall was sincere even at the end of World War II greeted the troops and congratulated them coming home publicly on television. Truman didn't. Mm. Forstall did. So the way, uh, way Truman ended the deal with uh, Forstall was he, first of all, promoted him to the first Secretary of Defense of the United States. He was the first, the very first one. And then within weeks after that, Forstall was hospitalized against his own will at the Maryland uh, Bethesda Maryland Naval Hospital and then held there against he was his mo- will. He was promoted out the window.
9: Yeah, exactly.
1: And the the day before the night before he was supposed to be released to go home with his brother was gonna pick him up was he was pushed out the hospital window. Said he committed suicide. That's that's ridiculous. And uh yeah that was uh that was a sad uh Occurrence, but yeah. that was the first big notable political assassination
6: prior to uh, well, uh, well, wasn't there wasn't there a senator or two that were uh, like uh, an Alaskan senator or something that was uh, uh, it seemed like it was an up and coming guy and then they do him in on an airplane crash. Yeah, well,
1: I'm the one that. What I'm saying is this guy was so notable and so admired and loved by the military as being a representative of uh, the American troops and all, uh, sections. Mm-hmm. Since this is basically was a naval operation, it, of course it was Air Force too, but most of it was naval, um, going to World War II, to that theater, he was pretty much recognized as, as being the... Uh, orchestrator of this, making it it operated under the the admiral and uh, but Forrestal pretty much made this happen so he was in, in essence he was very well respected and and admired by the the country so when he became the first secretary of defense and then hospitalized uh, because Truman really didn 't like him, so he had a nervous breakdown, which I never saw anything like that there's pictures on YouTube you can watch i think it's called. Critical news archives, you can watch and see it in black and white, and there's no audio, but you can see him actually welcoming uh, a Boy Scout group of young men to the Pentagon, and then they're in his office. He's given a tour of it, and that was just a week or so before he was hospitalized. man looked very sincere, very well-receiving, these young guys, and answering questions, and there's no audio, but you can just see the clips. So uh, you know, it was sad, um, but uh, I think it's just uh, that was the first real political thing, and he was he was totally against. He thought it'd be reckless, the United States to uh, uh, support and finance uh, Israel being formed as a state. So that's
2: that cost him his life, basically, did. You've had some
7: great callers on here, some, some great, I guests as well. Um, Patrick Ryan hasn't been on for a while, but the first time I ever heard about the movie The International, um, at the time, I couldn't really afford to buy a copy of it. But one day I was in Tennessee and I saw a table at a flea market and there, lo and behold, was The International. So I took it home and I was, Watched it on my little DVD player, yeah, and it is spot on correct about this world. And when the guy's walking in the street, and from across the street, the guy sh- shoots a dart over into him, uh, and the guy falls down the street, and he appears to be have had a heart attack, right? But he was poisoned. And this is how they do their dirty tricks. They will, like Bill Cooper says, suicide people. They can make it appear to be a stroke. They can make it appear to be this and that and just don't believe in their lies.
6: Yep. how, like how Harrington Harrington was uh, off with a sudden past case of uh, esophageal cancer and he was a guy who uh, was about to release to the uh, U- U.S. news media about he had, a stamp, he had found this planet X in coming back in eighty three. Right. And he, he didn't make it back to the U.S. So fast to cancer. Right. Yeah. There's also you remember back? Uh, I
1: can't remember, but. It was in the film um uh, what happened on the moon, and there was two parts of that film, but there was an astronaut and his wife that both were going to come out with the the lying of Apollo, and both of them got sick and died. I can't remember mm-hmm. when it was, but uh, they were going to come out, and you know that's
5: what happened. Now, there's probably a lesson for the other astronauts.
1: Yep, that's right. That's exactly right. I I think really that's why after what happened to Forestall, I'm sure that's why they when they commissioned the uh USS Forestall aircraft carrier, that was uh mm-hmm. that was a reminder of that ship of mm-hmm. what happens when you uh cross the line.
7: And, Of course, all of the astronauts are 33rd degree Mason and above. And the Mason Masonic Order is a secret society, of and course. they're sworn to secrecy. So they're all uh, part of the same Illuminati group.
1: <laughs> yep, and the key key folks of that are not 32nd; they're 33rd
7: and above. Degree.
1: Well, no, that's the highest you can get. The third, that's the highest you can get. Yes. are
7: actually, I I have uh, an expose, a DVD by a guy who was up to the 90th degree in masonry in the Masonic order. And these princes and people around the world, they're really high up. They're way, way above 33rd degree. 33rd degree is almost just like they don't really know much. Except
1: oh, yeah, well, we you're right. The higher you're up with uh, that, the more knowledge you have. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that makes sense.
4: Yeah.
8: Are you talking about a, a fellow named Bill, I uh, see how he pronounce his name, Snowballin or something like that? Yeah,
7: something like that. I know, yeah. 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 Odd-looking
8: name. I think once they get past that standard uh, degree level, I think, I think they're already been recruited into something that is something that looks quite a bit different.
7: Yeah. Luciferian.
8: Yeah, it's it's more blatant and probably a great deal even more secretive.
2: Yeah. Certainly more diabolical. I imagine that would be
8: probably some of these lodges like Henry Kissinger is a member of.
4: Yeah. That's kind of a creepy individual for sure.
2: You better believe he is. Yeah, I'd have to call him Mr. King Creepy.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Slimy King. slimy Creepy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right.
7: That's right.
8: How old is he now?
6: Gosh,
4: oh.
2: he's not in his eighties. He's got to be close.
6: I
8: think he's probably past ninety. About old David Rockefeller making it to a hundred and one, and that something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got that kind of money you can afford to have the the best high tech medicine in the world replace every every vital part that they know how to replace and keep you going, I guess.
1: Yeah, you're right, Ray. He's ninety three. Jeez. Ninety three. I said eighties. Jeez. That's
4: incredible. He was
8: up there.
1: Yeah, ninety three. Holy holy. Well it's still hard for me to Real license is 2017, man. The year's just, uh, God
8: 93. Man. I think I'm supposed to be, I think I it ought to be, still be about 18 years old. If, that's the way I feel in my mind, but, you know.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's right. Look in
8: the mirror and, and look on my driver's license, it doesn't read that way. <laughs> I'm,
1: 29
7: and, oh, I'm 29 and holding. There you go. Dixie's got the right eye
8: we've all outlived Jack Benny he only made the
2: 39 <laughs> yeah <laughs> you ought to pull up those old Jack Benny show episodes on
8: YouTube when Mel Blank was on there that, that Mel Blank was unbelievably funny
9: yeah
8: he wasn't just a cartoon voice, man. He was he was extremely good comedy actor, too. Mm-hmm. Well, have you all been noticing these pictures of this same recycled crisis actress that keeps showing up in all the different terrorist yeah. attacks. She, she showed up in the one in Manchester, England.
4: Oh, no. The they, same they got girl? Her, they, got, they got her
8: hair bleached out this time. She used to be a brunette. Now now she's a bottle blonde.
1: Was this the same one? Was it the thing at the, in here in the United States? Same girl? Yep.
8: Same one.
1: <laughs> yeah. she, she gets a lot of
8: work. They, it, must, it,
1: they must be real pleased with her work. Is that up on YouTube too, Ray? I got to look at that. God. Yeah, I on the my Facebook
8: the, page, I've I've just got the I've got the picture up there where it, it shows her from the different terrorist attacks, and then it's got insets where it's showing uh, just her eyebrow taken from another picture, overlaid on that picture, so that you can see she's got a most unusual shaped eyebrow mm-hmm. that has not changed no matter what what color they dye her hair. That's the same girl
1: within the Boston bombing thing, and yep, and, yep. And, Sandy
8: Hook and all that, right? Oh yeah, Sandy. She
1: gets around.
4: Oh shit, that's wild.
1: That's <laughs> <Such a stage laughs> She's in the one for Manchester. Wow, I gotta yep. look that up. I
8: gotta look that up. I put it on my Facebook page with no caption whatsoever. I, I, it's a test. I want to see who who realizes what that's about.
1: I'm not most fac- of the people not- that has. I'm not Facebook, Ray, but send me the link if I can't find it. Send me the link in an email.
8: Well, all I got is that picture, so I'll just copy and paste it into an email.
1: Okay, well, I'll look and see if there's anything on YouTube with that.
6: I heard they use those crazy actors or something on uh, 9-11. Haven't you heard much about that? I haven't heard that one.
4: Yeah, I don't know where or how, but uh, Nothing would
2: surprise me, though. Hmm. Wonder how much they get paid.
7: (laughs) I don't know, but I wonder those nine dancing Israelis. Why didn't anybody do anything about that? But then I answered my own question by saying, "We'll go back and watch what Bill Cooper had to say." They don't. you know they they'll lie through their teeth.
4: Yeah, yeah.
7: And, and cover up what
1: they're doing. Yeah, he had he, he, he had the best way of explaining it, which I what's made his show so popular because his was more heartfelt uh, explanation than what you see. Example of Alex Jones giving the same story. Cooper's was much more believable. And because number one, he was telling it like he saw it and how he experienced it, and it was more heartfelt. And so that's why he was so popular. His show was a heck of a lot bigger when it was shortwave radio.
8: I used to listen to it most every weeknight.
2: Yep. Yeah. I did too. What, what was it called, The Sound of Times? So what was it, Ray? The Hour of
8: the Time. Hour of the
1: times, that's right. I had it wrong. Hour of the times, that's right.
8: Just one time, the hour of the time. No, it is. Yes.
1: Hour of the time, right, right. hmm Yep.
8: Yeah. And it had an unusual way it would come on. You could hear this siren going off like an air raid siren, and then you'd hear people hollering and screaming and dogs barking.
2: Next thing you hear, William Cooper the hour of the time yep i was trying to you must have been off for a while right
1: what was the guy's name that came on with us and he didn't have a good time what was his name dixie was asking me his name i couldn't remember he didn't what well you know he didn't uh, i guess he didn't want to come back what, what was his name the guy that came on with. oh
8: me. you're talking about the one that uh was um, Cooper's helper, and and he's yeah. running the website. You're talking about um, Doyle
1: Shamley, jo- Doyle Shamley. That's who it was, Dixie mm-hmm. Doyle Shamley. And
8: he and he spells his name differently from most Doyle's. His is D O Y E L.
1: Yeah, mm. and he had has all the archive materials and records and everything that Bill Cooper did he's the he's the administrator keeper of all the material that bill cooper had everything
8: and he also i don't know if he still does but for several years he held um what would you call it uh seminars or training yep. sessions yep. um out there in arizona mm-hmm teaching you how to do all sorts of survival things.
4: yeah. And
8: they were wanting to expand to have them in Pennsylvania as well for the eastern part of the United States. I don't know if they ever did.
5: Yep.
1: So he's kind of what I guess basically been inactive last few years?
8: Well, I haven't kept up with him, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, I hadn't either. Uh, you know, when Dixie mentioned she was going through it and watching, you know, the, the videos and all. I said, yeah. I said, we we had him on. Guys, that's been, that's been, what, six years ago, Ray? Six or seven years ago when he was on with us? It's been a long time. Imagine it has been, yeah.
2: Maybe seven years ago. It's been it's quite a long Yeah. Wow. Maybe around uh, 2010 nine or ten. Or before. Yeah. Ben. Uh,
8: I was in contact with him and and uh, even more than I was, uh, Mike Harbison from out Louisiana was in contact with him.
1: Now That's right.
4: Yeah. He's
8: moved back to, to the Dallas, Texas area now.
1: Right. Yeah, he said all, all
8: his dogs are dead. And he, I think White. got a new dog or not.
1: Yeah, his wife died but,
2: too, right? That's right. He's just all by himself. Wow. Good guy. Yes. Huh. Well, I'll tell you what, gang. I'm going to be signing off. It's right at 11 now. So
1: I'm on the. Uh, turn it in till, uh I guess this time next week so uh, Ray you can stay on I guess uh, Dr. Sam's still there and Dixie and a few others so uh, I guess with that I'm on a big call at night hope everybody has a real nice holiday weekend Memorial Day okay. and uh, yeah, thanks for all you
4: do Steve
1: well, thanks, Dixie. is fun to do, and we'll see everybody next week. Okay, Ben. Have a good night.
0: All right. Stay safe.
7: Thanks.
0: A-U-N, American
2: Underground Network. How are you, Dr. Sam? I don't think he heard uh, you. I said, Sam, how are, are you Dr. there? I am right <laughs> I'm Sorry, I'm there all this
5: thing there he is he yeah, was
2: saying hello to you,
5: yeah, Oh, this uh this country's done
6: <laughs> here we go,, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> toast, right. We got troops all over the world. Yeah, we have yeah, we... for a long, long time.
5: Yeah, we got troops in Syria
2: now. I was
8: just watching on a video today the uh, condition of the people over there in Yemen. They got a cholera epidemic.
4: Yeah.
8: People in the and hospitals and the Saudis have got him under sanctions and they they...
2: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper?